1: love that sound. This is a good one.
2: We'll call it uh, Dale Luganville after midnight.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not after midnight. Feels like it. Yeah, I bet. All right. Well, uh, what's going on there? Are you still, are we still in first place? We are still in first place. All right, place. so heading into this event, I got uh, on the the horn here, Mister Corey Jeffers, a friend of the uh, podcast. Been on a few times, uh, kind of making some uh, making some waves, making some noise in the old catfishing world. So why don't you get everybody uh, up to speed? Well, the
2: last time we talked, I had just started catfishing. Um, that was when I killed that big deer. I think it's the last time we talked and uh i fished that year and i fished the next year and i got really into catfishing so i decided to start tournament fishing last year and um went out i fished one national event last year and one here in ohio um, on the ohio river so this year i decided i was going to tackle it hardcore Um, i went out to the first tournament of the year down on the james river in virginia and we took four um but there's also there's a Elite Series going on this year. It's called the Signature Series in the tour that I'm fishing, which is the only national catfishing tour there is. Um, just like the Bass Masters Elites, it's just the group of anglers that wanted a little stiffer competition, a little higher payouts. So we, we all had to pay a certain amount of money to get into it. And then I guess that's what classifies us as professionals. So and, now you're uh, a
1: professional catfisherman.
2: I, my long-term plan here is to be fishing for a living within three years.
1: <laughs> All right. I like that plan.
2: So when you're sitting in first place, it's uh, it's a pretty cool feeling, man. And, and it's there's a lot of companies out there that really value that first place spot. i uh, I picked up a lot of sponsors um, and, and joined a lot of really good teams because, I mean, it, it, it's I know I say it like it's just some new thing, but it, it really is a big deal to be sitting in first place in the first ever professional series in the national and the only national catfishing tour there is.
1: Right. Well, I mean, how many, well, so set the table. How many, uh, how many teams, is this is a team event, right?
2: This is a team event. Yep. Um, and you're allowed, you're allowed two partners and an alternate. So I actually going into this year, I, uh, I sold my boat last year, so I was relying heavy on the partner with a boat and that kind of screwed me twice so I have actually lost my two partners, and I'm down to my alternate to be my main partner, um, and was lucky enough to get sponsored a boat. When, uh, when I called a couple people, was talking about my situation with my partners who weren't going to be able to fish, who had the boats. One guy stepped up and said, well, let's go buy you a boat.
1: Damn, dog.
2: <laughs> so, awesome guy. It's a local farmer here. Uh, he sponsored me a 2020 tracker. Pro V 175, it's, and that's what we're doing right now. We're getting ready to head out here. Right as soon as we're done with this podcast, we'll be heading out here at about 11.30 to head down to, down to Dayton, Tennessee to uh, fish Chickamauga on Saturday.
1: So how many teams are we talking?
2: I um, don't know that number off the top of my head. I okay. 25. Okay. Um, probably 25 because it's a $50,000 payout.
1: Yeah, and then these people are they are just traveling all over the damn country.
2: Yeah, so we're uh, we started the James River. Um, I'm going to do this out of order because I can't ever do it if I try to do it in order. So we're fishing (laughs) in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, um, Tennessee, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. And I think that's all of them. I think it's nine states over 23 tournaments. And we're in, we're heavy on the Tennessee River this year. Five or six tournaments on the Tennessee River this year. Man,
1: twenty three tournaments. That's a lot. So when's the when is the last tournament?
2: Uh, the end of October is the last. We go three weeks in October. a row to finish out the season. We go um, North Carolina and South Carolina are the last two, which is the Catawba River and Fante Cooper. And right before that is Pittsburgh. We go Pittsburgh. The first week of October. Uh, the Catawba River, North Carolina, the second week of October. Santee Cooper, the third week of October, and then we, then we have a, about a month break before we go into the Classic, which I've already qualified for with a top five
1: finish. There's some giant blues in Santee. I can tell you that. Um, I should say from what I've heard. It makes it sound like I've done it, but I, <laughs> I can't
2: believe you haven't drove out and done it yet.
1: <laughs> I know, uh, I know. As I go to South Carolina, but it's hard to get me away from that salt water when I'm in the Carolinas. Um, I only get to go out there like once a year, twice if I'm lucky. But um, that's crazy. That's a long ass season, bro. We're gonna have to do. We're have to do some multiple check ins here. That's fun. As long as I stay in
2: first place, I'll be happy to talk to
1: you. Don't forget us little guys. (laughs) I was gonna say if I wasn't so far away, I'd put me down as an alternate. I'll fish. Hell, I used to target cats way back in the day just from shore, you know. But I used to. Oh, man, he used to love catching flats. I've actually never caught a real, real big one. I've lost a couple big I, ones.
2: Last year was my best year on flathead. So the very first year I I started catfishing, I caught a sixty one pound fish. It was the very first fish I ever put in my boat. Oh my um God. when I, I went to the Ohio River, I said, I this can't be that hard. And it wasn't. I put a sixty one pound flathead in my boat. <laughs> Little did I know that was a dinosaur. That was yeah, a unicorn.
1: No doubt.
2: In the Ohio River, that's a unicorn. They don't exist. Um, I got back to the boat ramp and I'm like, "Yeah, we caught a 61 pound flathead." Like it was just like we went out there and caught channel cats, and everybody's looking at me like, "Of course you did." Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, four years into this, I can tell you now that uh, boy, I sure wish I could find that 61 pound flathead during a tournament.
1: Yeah, I bet. Uh, so, what are you expecting down there in Tennessee? So, uh, hold, on, let, I back, up, we, hold on, let's back. Hold on, let me back it up it a please. little bit. Okay. So have you done any other kind of tournament fishing?
2: Uh no. Catfishing is the only tournament fishing
1: okay.
2: I've ever done. Um I wanted to do some walleye, but
1: I know you people in
2: Minnesota really look down on those walleyes.
1: Uh no, only I do. Everybody in Minnesota <laughs> worships the worship it's our state fish. I mean I'm I'm the black sheep of the family when it comes to the walleye. I'm I'm pretty much the only one that hates on them um (laughs) literally (laughs) I might be the only one uh what I want to kind of lean into the direction I kind of want to take the the conversation is um in my experience in bass fishing what I've found uh, in fishing tournaments is that like your techniques what works on one body of water is not necessarily going to work on another body of water even within the same season um are you, like the same type time of season, you know, you're like, oh, when, when it's July, so bass are doing X, right? Well, they might be doing X on this lake, but not on this lake and, you know, totally different on that lake over there. And then that gets exacerbated even more when you go states away. You know, if you look at, like, the local, like, the way locals fish for certain things, like, oh, this is, a say, a crankbait lake or this is a, a – spinner bait lake or you know whatever like it, it's I find it really interesting to me that the same creature can be so different um with just distance in between so I, i'm not trying to freak you out but so like what are you're going into this event like you're sitting top of the heap which is which is a great place to be but it also comes with a lot of pressure Because, because it's like, everybody's gunning for that. It's like, it's almost like chasing first is one thing. It's like, this is constant goal. You're always going for, but when you're at first and you're like defending first, it's just a totally different stress. So going into this event, where's your mind at? Like, are you expecting fish to be able to fish your strengths? Like how you fish? Back in your home waters, I guess. This is so, all, did did my pathway make sense? Yep, and I'm going to take your pathway and I'm going to put a fork in it. Okay.
2: So <laughs> first off, um, it's funny if you go back and listen to some of the other podcasts I've done. I've probably done ten now. Got another one Tuesday. Um, when I leave the house, uh, I already know I'm going to win. So it's it's just a it's just a fun drive down there. Uh, and that's the that's the model my wife and I have. You know, okay. When I pull out of the driveway, I'm just gonna go down there and collect a check. All right. The fishing, the is just fun, and uh, I, I truly believe that the way, like, I'm a firm believer, and you can set things in motion. Um, uh, I've, I'm sure you've been following Facebook. I've become pretty religious in the last year. Um, I really think that praying on it and 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 asking for what you want to happen, and then just being positive, you know, most of the time. What I'm finding when I go to these tournaments is the day I launch my boat, I've already beat half the field because somebody's complaining about the wind, somebody's complaining about the sun, somebody's complaining about the rain. Half the field's already beating themselves. They're already looking at all the negatives when we launch the boat. So I I I I go to every single tournament and I'm like I'm going to stick to the plan and 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 you know with bass you're right I I have buddies who bass fish and it is different in every body of water. With catfish, they all act the same, but it just happens at different times. So, like, down south, the water gets to 55 degrees faster, so the flatheads start biting before they do here. And the water gets to 70 degrees faster, so they go on spawn faster than they do here. For bass fishermen, you guys are in love when bass are on spawn. For catfishermen, we hate it. They don't bite. Mm -hmm. They lay there all day long. They don't do anything. Um, So... It's just knowing the area that you're fishing, and the tournament director Bob Denon, who puts the King Cat tournaments on, um, he has slowly he wasn't he was a crappie fisherman, so spawn to him didn't mean anything because same thing, caught crappie fisherman get super happy fishing crappie on spawn, mm-hmm. um, so he's learning that there's just certain times of the year you don't fish like we fish, I think we have a tournament the first week of june on the Sandusky bay and then we have a two-month break for the spawn we don't fish anywhere we get two oh, months okay. off.
1: all right okay
2: so it's but like down south right now the fish are really starting to heat up you know the water's 55 60 65 degrees which that's our prime time here here the water's 41 degrees so here the fishing's mediocre there the fishing's on fire so right. that's why at the beginning of the season we focus down there we focus in virginia tennessee alabama sure. So we can get to those warmer waters faster, and we're hitting those pre-spawn fish. They're, they're coming out of their winter habits. They're starting to stock up because they know the spawn's coming. They're feeding like crazy. Um, they're filling up with eggs. So we, we're, hitting, we're hitting, as we move north, um, we're hitting that same stage all the way up until the spawn. So all the way up to the very end, very last tournament in the what I'm calling the first half of the season is we, we hit it early in Virginia. We hit it early in Tennessee. We come a little closer in Tennessee, a little closer in Tennessee, a little closer in Tennessee, and in Ohio. And then it's like, okay, now it's spawn, and then we work backwards. Then we start in Ohio. We're hitting them right as soon as they come off the spawn, and then we're go, We're getting into that fall bite, but we're getting to it because as the water's cooling down, you get back into that 50-degree range. The fish are on fire again. So we start in Ohio with warm water, and then we start working back down, working back down, and we're in the Carolinas in the fall where the the fall bite's going to it's going to last longer down there because it doesn't get frigid cold. So, it's you're right. The fish do the fish do different things, but with catfish they all do the exact same thing. It's just timing when it's going to happen.
1: Uh sure, yeah, I totally get that. But that'd be a great pl- well, obviously the best place to be number 1 is at the very end, but right before that break would be a great place to be in first place cuz you get to savor that for two months.
2: <laughs> well, so that's that's the other side of my fork. I said I was going to fork you off. That's the other side of my fork. Not every event is an elite series event, signature series event.
1: Okay. So this,
2: we, this one this weekend, there's no pressure. I'm going to just go fishing and have fun. Oh. Next week or two weeks, two weeks from now, that event uh, is on Pickwick, and that is the next signature series event. That's when I got to go in
1: and oh, so even them. even if you are to shit the bed on this one, you don't, you're not going to lose your first place status.
2: Not in the professional series, but what you have to remember is there's always, there's always multiple tournaments going on inside of this trail. So, um, there, there's multiple legs to this tournament. There's the signature series, which I'm currently in first. There's a, there's a big fish competition. There's angler of the year competition. There's your racing. So in that angler of the year competition, first place gets a boat and 20 grand, I think. And then Also, the top – last year, um, King Cat created this new tournament style they call the Sweet 16, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's March Madness. So Uh, the top 16 teams that place an angler of the year get invited on an all-expense trip to somewhere in the United States. Last year, they did it on Santee Cooper. Uh, They pay for your food. They pay for your hotel. They pay for all your fishing. You don't pay a dime. That's awesome. Number one, faces off against number 16 on the first day. Number two, faces off against number 15. And you're only trying to beat the person you're facing. That's it. You're not trying to beat the whole field. It's
1: brackets. You're trying to work your way to the championship.
2: You're you're exactly right. So there's there's multiple tournaments running on every – multiple different legs of this series running in every tournament. Okay. So every tournament's important. um, And obviously I want to get first place because I want to win some money.
1: Yeah, I want to. This
2: year I, you know – the last year i paid for me to fish this year fishing is paying for me to fish i went out i found a ton of sponsors uh some cash sponsors some gear sponsors a boat sponsor like i went out and i just hit the pavement you know when i once i landed in first place and said this there's no better opportunity to market myself than right now
1: yeah for sure strike so while the iron's hot
2: yes and it has been phenomenal the response I don't know how many companies I called and just said, "Hey, I'm currently leading the Signature Series and I'm interested in partnering with you." And no questions asked. Yeah, what can we do for you?
1: So, sure. Um, I should probably in- I should probably leave this alone, but I'm not gonna because then it <laughs> just wouldn't be me. But <laughs> so something I've always thought with all sports, like when when a champion when a you know a team wins, right? And they get up there and then they they thank God and for the win. And that's all uh-huh. great, and I love that humility, and I love that gratefulness. However, my brain goes to, well, what about the Christians on the other team? Did, did they just did they just not pray hard enough. So what happens if you like, you meet a, another devout Christian in one of these tournaments?
2: You know what's crazy? You is can't both
1: win first place.
2: There is a lot of a lot of them. Um, the guy who puts this on is a pastor. The guy who owns this tournament trail is a pastor, and he has pretty much wide open to anybody who wants to fish but i think as a christian and one thing that took me a long time to learn and and i'm sure a lot of the other christians in this have learned because we don't win every time is sometimes the answer is no you know hey god can you help me out with this sometimes the answer is just no or sometimes it's not yet you know maybe it's Mm -hmm. Maybe in the middle of the season, maybe I don't need to win this one this weekend. Maybe in the middle of the season, I'll be out of money, and I'm fishing my last tournament, and I win that one so I can keep going, you know. it's um, So that's it's. we can ask God. I can walk outside today and ask God <laughs> to give me a million dollars, but I can almost guarantee you the answer for that is
1: not. <laughs> uh, one of these days, we'll get a yes for him. No,
2: the, the, the way to look at that is, you know, I'm upright and breathing. I got sponsored a boat. I got sponsored rod holders. I got sponsored rods. I got sponsored a fish finder. My gas is covered for most of my tournaments. Hotels are covered. Entry fees are covered. So I would say that win or lose, God has provided everything. Yeah.
1: I'd say you're pretty blessed. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I that's that's just to my nature. <laughs> that's the way my oh, brain no, you're, works. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. I'll talk. I, I can not
2: talk faith all day. It's, <laughs> and, and you're not the only person to ask something like oh, that. Oh, of
1: course so not. Of course, Don't I, didn't, feel bad, you know? I didn't think I, I would be, but um, my brain just my I always goes there when when I, like I said when an athlete says that I'm like you know it's kind of a punch in the gut to the faith you know the believers on the other team that just lost.
2: <laughs> I was like, well, that's a point of view. If they feel that way, then they're not. Uh,
1: what I like is when people just like when they give thanks for like the opportunity, when they give thanks for keeping them healthy, you know, like that's the kind of thing like, I like that. As far as like, I want to thank God for this win. I, I, just, mm, I don't say that. I, I don't, I don't, say I, don't I don't, I don't, on a team sport, I just don't see that. Cause like, what if you're on a team where you're the only Christian and then your teammates who, uh, aren't just they get blessings by proxy because they're close to you you know you know what I mean like the the math the the faith math doesn't add up for me when it comes well, to I, stuff like that
2: and, and do they get blessings by proxy no but they get blessing by prayer you know when I before we launch and before we launch on Saturday morning I'll say a prayer and I'll say hey you know my I don't believe my partner's religious um we haven't had that talk but it would be a we would. My prayer would be, hey, you know, me and Tucker heading out on the lake. God, you know, we want to thank you for the opportunity and and, and hope you provide us with a bag that'll put us in the top five. You know, if we get in the top five, prayers answered. If we don't get in the top five, I got to fish all day. Prayers yep. answered.
1: <laughs> There's your answer. I mean, it's, it's it's a good way of looking at it. Like I said, I, what I like about it is the humility, uh, the the thankfulness, the great gratefulness. These are all great traits to have. These are all um,
2: right. And, and it's not in my eyes it's not god thanks for the win it's what i would say is you know first and foremost i want to give thanks to to our lord and savior jesus christ because without him i wouldn't be here you know it's it's not yeah you know me and god had a conversation last night and uh, he told me to go fish over by the buffalo bridge <laughs>
1: and uh, there
2: was an 80 pounder living there and sure enough uh there he was and then god made him bite my pole i mean it's
1: well, Not then you'd like get dis- then you'd get disqualified because you can't. I guess I don't know about your league, but a lot of the the big professional leagues you can't take any outside information. So if God told you where to fish, you can't. That's like a local telling you where to go. You can't. You can't accept that information. Or if you get that information, you then have to share it with everybody else. Those are the rules. Well,
2: they they did try that this year, and it didn't last. It did. You can't. So what guys were doing last year was they were going down a couple of days early and paying a guide to take them out and then they were mm-hmm. fishing the guy in spots. Sure. They cut that off. You can't, you can't pay or nobody else should. can benefit. Yes. Right. You can't pay or nobody else can benefit from you getting information. But if you're at the local tackle shop and somebody says, Hey, the catfish are biting up by the dam. Take it for what it's worth. You know, catfish are...
1: you do have to take it for what its worth. Cause I've had, you know, I, I rarely listen to, locals that give me tips now i'll listen to like i will not even say listen i'll pay attention to like what locals are doing but i don't necessarily you get the one kind of guy that just likes to talk right that's right. the guy i don't really listen to because uh, chances are he's full of shit i mean <laughs> you know what i mean right. he's like oh you got all oh, their bass tournament out here today oh what you want to do is go down there to that last dock and just throw you a spinner bait under there, and it's like, uh, no, dude, just no. <laughs> you yeah, caught be, you caught a bass the there one day throwing a spinner bait eight years ago, <laughs> on accident, <laughs> and now that's the big bass spot. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so, pal.
2: Be the middle of the dead heat of summer, he'll tell you to go up and go up there against the dock, start up against the bank on the beds, and start throwing a frog.
1: Yeah, something. But what I will do is if I'm out, you know, pre-fishing, scouting, or whatever, and I see, uh a family out there on a pontoon and they're just absolutely whacking and stacking, uh, bluegills. Well, that's good information because yeah. schools of bluegills will usually have big bass patrol the edges of them. So it's, it's something, yeah. it's like, Hmm, I'm going to have to go check that, see what's going on over there. Once they so, leave.
2: I will say that first win I had last year, first national win I had last year, a local did help. You know, he said, uh, he said, Hey, uh, be on the lookout for blown up dams in the canal and that's how that's the that's the information he gave me hmm. and i'm like okay yeah so i go driving up through and i found a blown up dam in the canal and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> i think we're supposed to fish here sure <laughs> <Fair> enough <laughs> we set up we set up on it and caught our two biggest fish of the day on a double i mean it was but it was uh but you're allowed to get that, you know, they don't care. They don't, for now. And then I'm sure it'll change, you know, as catfishing is, is right now, catfishing is what bass fishing was in the seventies and the eighties. It's new, it's growing and there just isn't, nobody's monopolized it like they have bass fishing, Um, but it's, it's getting there. Trust me. And it's getting there really fast. Catfishing is the fastest growing fishing sport in today's era. That's probably ever existed. It's, it's, Ten years ago, they estimated there was 60,000 bass fishermen, or, or cat fishermen. Today, they estimate there's 16 million.
1: Oh, Jesus.
2: Yeah, so um, it, it is ever popular. It's growing fast, and it just keeps growing faster and faster and faster, especially with people like this tour I'm fishing. They have a TV show. So now professional cat fishing's on TV. I've been on there. I was a star of an episode because I won. And uh, so it's... It's growing and it's growing really, really fast. And out of those 16 million catfish anglers, they say more than three quarters of them are boaters. So it's um, tournament catfishing is growing really fast.
1: Is there like, um, is there a lot of local, you know, not this big, big league kind of stuff like what you're doing? Like if somebody's interested on the local level, are there local catfish tournaments? I never hear about them. So.
2: Well, I don't know about in Minnesota, but yeah, there are. In, in Ohio, we have two or three different clubs that put on tournaments along the Ohio River. Obviously, it's going to be based on where you're at. You know, it's somewhere mm-hmm. along the Ohio Valley. If you're in the Ohio Valley, yeah, there's a bunch of little, bunch of little places that put them on. Alabama has a couple different groups. Um, I know there's one in North Carolina. There's a couple down on Santee Cooper. So, if you're in a heavily populated catfish area, and you search catfish tournaments on Facebook, I would almost guarantee you're going to find a small local trail. And some of them are like, there's one here put on by a guy named Vince Nadowski here in Ohio. He's got a, I mean, his, his main sponsor is G3 boats. So some of them have big sponsors and they, they sponsor these little trails. But what is really cool about what the tournament trail on fishing King cat is doing, the owner of this, Bob Denon, he is reaching out to all those little trails and it's not, Hey, we're coming to overtake you. It's what can we do to make your tournament trail successful? And in the meantime, if somebody wants to fish your tournament trail, if they finish in the top three in your tournament trail, they're automatically qualified to come fish our classic as long as they fish two of our events. They don't have to do good in our events because they won one of yours. But they come fish two of our events, they automatically get qualified for the classic. So he has affiliate affiliate clubs. So he's helping promote and boost all of these small little groups as well.
1: Well, here's one. I just looked it up. Uh, Catfish Fest on Chain Richmond and. In- Minnesota. So there's there's one. Uh, let's see. That's not catfish. Oh, here's the Shields Boundary Battle Catfish. I don't know where that is. I'd have to look it up. But there's got to be because we do actually have There's King of Cats. Is that the one you're fishing? Okay,
0: uh, no, I'm, oh, fishing, okay.
1: I'm
2: fishing the King Cat Tournament Trail presented by Johnny Moore, Bath Crow, and Cabela's.
1: King, well, it's just Pull up King of Cats. Let's see what this is. King of the Cats Sports League. <laughs> I don't know if this is Minnesota or what, but... Uh,
2: there's good fishing
1: in Minnesota. Yeah. I read about it. I there's, yeah, there's, there's good,
2: good
1: fishing. No, there's good flatheads. There's... Uh, I mean, flatheads are, are big ones for sure. I mean, we have channels, but they don't get stupid big. And uh, I'm not sure... Depending who you ask, I don't know that if we have blue catfish or not in Minnesota. If we do, they're I'm pretty not rare. Sure
2: either I just know that you guys have great flathead fishing. I follow a couple guys on TikTok that fish out there.
1: Yeah, there are some really big uh, flatheads for sure in the Miss Minnesota River, Mississippi, and Saint Croix rivers primarily.
2: Um, if you have the Mississippi River running through Minnesota, I'd imagine you have blue cats.
1: Um, maybe. I'll have to look, I I. I don't know for sure. I know I've never caught one, so let's just put it that way.
2: This is the guy that hates fishing for walleye, so I think whether <laughs> you care about catching is smallmouth <laughs> and largemouth and bluegill in the winter.
1: I mean I like uh actually like I said, I used to ca- I'd go catfishing. I like tangling with catfish because at least you have the, the the it's out there to it can be big, you know? And you have a pretty You're good right. you have a pretty good chance of catching you know not just a double digit fish but like upper 20s 30s you know pounder which just puts and and they fight good which walleyes don't I mean it's just it no. is what it is Walleyes
2: dead stick it all the way in they're like oh I'm take me to the boat
1: yeah I mean if you get that kind of like 20 to 26 incher they put up a fair fight they they're they're pretty they're pretty scrappy but anything smaller than that on walleye gear is just overpowered, and anything bigger than that gets tapped out right away, and then they're just to pull them in like a wet sock. So,
2: yeah, I don't. I gave up on walleye fishing, so I uh, I feel it. I was I walleye fish. You know this. I, I got really big into walleye fishing there for a while, but me and Grandma would go up and fish Lake Erie four times a week. But then that's the difference in me and you. We got Lake Erie. You got what? You get, I, mean, we, I mean i know you guys got good walleye but you don't have lake erie
1: no we don't have lake erie but we do have Malax. Lacs i mean mille Lacs don't i mean there's 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 lake the woods there's big there's big walleyes to be had here but yeah it's not like lake erie same thing how are you not a smallmouth bass fisherman you got lake erie right there that's like the mecca of smallmouth bass fishing
2: yeah the guy that i picked up as my partner my alternate that has become full-time here he's a big uh He's a big smallmouth fisherman. And he's like, man, he's like, we gotta take his boat up on the lake and go smallmouth fishing. And I'm Hell like, man, yeah. if I, go the, if I go to the lake, I'm going catfishing because as well as you know, it's it's the mecca for smallmouth, it's the mecca for walleye. It's also world renowned for channel catfishing.
1: Listen, when you have your two-month break, go catch some smallmouth and see what the hype is all about. You'll get I'll be it. there next
2: week. I'll be there next week catching catfish and walleye.
1: <laughs> You'll get it. Trust me. So according to and I know how sportsmen hate or love to demonize the DNR, and they'll say they're full of shit and this that and the other thing. But um, according well, to the sure Minnesota, according to the Minnesota, yeah, right. According to the Minnesota DNR, the only two catfish species we have are channels and flatheads, and that's what I thought. And then we have the three bullhead species: black, brown, and yellow. So huh. I didn't think that we had blues. Well, that's surprising.
2: Well Those I like mean there's
1: locks and dams and all sorts of things that could stop their forward progress and maybe they just don't like it that cold.
2: Well they like they like it that cold. They like it here. I mean they, they thrive in West Virginia. Water gets twenty degrees there too.
1: Hmm. That's pretty cold. Yeah, I don't know, but uh that's that's what the state says. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some uh Minnesota guy down south. Pounding, you know, shaking his fist at the radio right now, going, "We have blood cat, blue cats." I've never seen Dude, one though. I mean, here's detail, the thing though, you don't. That it, email. What's that? Yeah, I'm gonna get an angry email. You just, I mean, you don't see pictures of them either. That's the thing. Nobody's holding up. I mean, if you swear by one, then then post a picture. I want to see it. You know, that kind of a thing. And I just, you don't see. Blues.
2: You don't tell the difference
1: in a channel cat and a blue cat. Uh, well, yeah, the channel's got a deeply forked tail, more so than the blue.
2: No, it's nothing. To, nothing to do with the tail. That's a lie. No, nah, it's all in the anal fin.
1: Anal. You said anal on this. Might be the first time anal's been said on this show. I bet that's not actually true. Um, it is.
2: It's all in the anal fin. How many spines are in the anal fin?
1: I see blue. Thirty and
2: below is a channel cat, and thirty-one and above is a blue cat. And the shape of the anal fin. But the definite answer is how many fins are in the anal
1: fin. Oh, that tail's totally different, too, though. Pull, yeah, pull, enough of them. pull up a picture of, the, of a I,
2: blue cat. I've caught thousands, I know. but Dude, that's they, totally, a that pound, blue is totally pound channel cat. And you catch a 20-pound dark-colored channel cat, and everybody in the world will tell you it's a blue cat. And the only way to prove them wrong, the only for-sure genetic way that they are set apart is the anal fin
1: man look at those sharp forked tail i stand by my answer
2: yeah you probably share the bass fisherman would know more than i do <laughs> i'm just
1: <laughs> i'm I'm just saying if you look at a big channel and you look at a big blue and you look at their tail fin a channel is definitely more it's sharper it's deeper forked for sure
2: okay. Um I guess I'm more into anal than tail. But.
1: <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, no, I I think I've heard that. I didn't know what the exact uh um like how many rays or whatever the, the thing is between a um a blue and a channel, but I have caught a uh I have caught a pretty good blue catfish before though. I was down in uh I was in Tennessee, actually. I was down there primarily fishing for stripers and I didn't know what to expect, but the way we fished was not what I was thinking we were gonna do. We were using uh half of a giant shad, like these are like two pound shad, and you just chopped <laughs> them in chopped them in half, put a big hook on it, no weight, just threw them things out there in the river, just kind of free float them in the and the um Big stripers would take them, but then, of course, you'd also catch big cats, too. So, yeah, I caught a couple of real nice stripers and caught some real nice um, blue cats, too. That was fun. And was that on Watts Bar? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, honestly, I would have to look. I don't know if I – it was – um, the lake was near Knoxville.
2: Well, Knoxville, that's – that's pretty, we're pretty close to Knoxville. I, I don't know. How there, it yeah. There's a
1: few different reservoirs around there though. So I would have to, I'm not entirely sure if I, if I remember. I wonder if my guide is fishing those tournaments or not. I know he's still guiding down there. Pretty sure. Your name? Was,
0: uh, ah,
1: man, not off the top of my head. I can find it. He comes up every now and again on a Instagram or a Facebook post. Like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that guy. So I don't. I'm not. I I could search my brain all night long, and it wouldn't it wouldn't pop up. But um, it was fun. I think. uh,
2: uh I, I think that's in my future. I guiding. Part of, yeah, part of the the getting paid to fish
1: thing. Mm-hmm. I think guiding is going to be a big part of it.
2: Cool. Take guide trips during the week, fish tournaments on the weekend.
1: There you go. Keeps you on the water. It'll keep you on what the bite is, at least on the waters that you're fishing. Of course.
2: Right. So that and honestly, I think that hurts people. I think that hurt the guys at the James. So we went out there, hadn't been to the James in ten months probably, and beat all of the guides but one. And there was probably 20 guides fishing that tournament. I think you get so accustomed in your home lake and your home rivers that you find five spots and you always fish those same five spots every single day. And you get like when you get new guys that come in and they spend the time scanning and they're finding structure that you don't fish. I think I, I think having the home water advantage and, and catfishing for sure hurts you. And I would say in all, in all fishing, it hurts you because you get so stuck in your ways and you get a guy who's never been to the water that you're fishing and he's breaking. I'm not going to break the Ohio River down like I do the Tennessee River. When I go down there tomorrow, I'm going to spend 12 hours on the river marking every piece of structure, looking for every fish I can find, marking fish that I think are over 50 pounds with one color and fish that I know are hungry with another color. And you're—I mean, you—you're not going to do that. If I showed up to fish with you on your home lake and we were going bass fishing, you just know where to fish. You're not going to break the lake down every time you go out there. Right. Just like I'm not—I'm not going not to break the Ohio River down every time I launch. I know where I want to go. I already know where I want to fish. Sure. But there's ten thousand spots I've never fished that these guys are going to find.
1: That makes sense. So I do, I remembered the the outfitter I went through, but I don't think this guy's working there anymore. I think he broke off on his own. I went I went out with Tennessee River Monsters Fishing Guide Service.
2: I know that name. They comment on stuff on. So I'm sponsored by Smackdown Rod Holders, Smackdown Catfishing, and they're sponsored by them too. They comment on his posts.
1: Oh, you hear that, Doug Glimmerveen? They're using your name. He has a SmackDown Outdoors podcast. He should call you and have you on too.
2: He has the what? The Smack S- Smackdown, SmackDown
1: Outdoors podcast. Yep. Yeah. There's uh, a SmackDown
2: catfishing.
1: Look at that. Yeah, I'm kind of scrolling through. I don't see this guy's face. I don't see this guy's name. Yeah, I thought I remember he struck out on his own. Yeah, he must have. I don't I'm not see oh god, the I gotta just stop thinking about it. Then it's bugging me now. And the name Oh, oh, oh I think I got it, Bryce. It's Bryce something. I don't know any Bryce.
2: He's not fishing the tour. I'm fishing.
1: He might just guide. I know a lot of guides that you know, guides guide. They don't fish tournaments. You know, that's guiding is guaranteed money. Exact mundo. tournament just, fishing is a hope and a prayer. Oh uh, man. Well, his name is Bryce. Bryce for listening. You did a good job. <laughs> you did a great job, striper fishing. Catching you did. Catfish. and catch a too. I caught—I mean, I caught uh, a few of them, so it was nice. Well,
2: that's good. There's nothing that fights like a 40-pound uh, catfish in Tennessee River current.
1: Yeah, they always put up a good fight. I mean, that's the thing with cats. I mean, they just—they got—they're just all muscle, man. I mean, they're just literally all muscle
2: well i did not plan on covering my boat up for this drive and it just started pouring rain here at the house so yeah, i guess I'm gonna take, you got to drink take these, rod
1: holders off, take these rod holders off and cover my boat up i guess it's just water all your stuff's gonna yeah. get wet when you fish anyways
2: yeah i've never caught a dry fish
1: i mean, I mean what, what happens if you're fishing in the rain everything and your boat's gonna get wet anyways yeah don't don't do that to me that's how
2: i <laughs> was the gallop with christian's mom soon we really won that thing
1: so what happens on these events well, i mean you probably don't know you haven't done it but like uh, i know some of these rivers you get a, a big gully washer it can blow these rivers out you guys pick a different spot postponing or you just go They, they postponed out, Gallup
2: lift last year okay so um so when I started so I met the guys who owned the King Cat Trail last year at the annual catfish conference and they gave me a job. They said, Hey, we need a professional angler. We want a professional angler being the one weighing the fish. Um and, and helping with rules and checking live well. I was like, Oh, okay. So the first time we went to was in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, it was cool. We weighed a seventy pound flathead and about fainted when they pulled it out of the box. <laughs> and uh because flatheads that flatheads are what i fish for that's there is just nothing like a big flathead it's the hardest fighting fish in the river in my opinion so but so the second tournament was in gallopolis here in ohio and the river was blown out and i called the tournament director i said man i said I- i'm getting word from barge captains that are up river 100 miles and the, the river is four miles outside of the bank you, you got to call this because if they open the dam someone's going to get hurt and sure enough, he called the dam, he called the Army Corps engineers, and they were opening the dam right at the start of the tournament. So he did. He did the responsible thing, he postponed the tournament, and the response was overwhelmingly good. Hmm. So and there was guys that drove up here from Alabama. Damn. And
1: they, they said you know,
2: safety first. I mean Yeah, it I was, mean, what
1: are you gonna do? Those I mean, those rivers can get crazy dangerous.
2: Is that worth dying
1: over a catfish? No, absolutely not. So, uh, or yeah, any, or any fish for we that matter.
2: It. The good news is, and I think that's why they rely so heavy on the Tennessee River, the Tennessee River is all hydroelectric dams. So a giant rainfall would make the river run hard. But really it's the electric electricity that's being used around the dam that controls the water
0: flow.
1: Right.
2: So they, can, they have a little more flexibility. It takes a lot of water to
1: get the Tennessee River rolling well yeah and it's like do they decide to open up the gates or open up whatever i mean there's a lot of a lot of factors to that too um there are a lot bigger dams down there than there are up here oh yeah oh yeah giant dams um so are these like you're bringing the fish back to weigh i know i was watching you and you're having like some big custom live wells built in your boat and stuff like that or are these is that how it is like you're bringing like a normal say bass tournament where it's you catch them and you have the big reveal kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. So you got, um, you do. You have to, you have to have a uh, 50 gallon or bigger live well. Most of these boats that these guys are fishing are never equipped with 80 or 100 gallon live wells. Uh, I'm having, I have one, I had one made last year. That's what I'm using this year, made by Fat Cat Live Wells. Um, but in my off season, my break, we're going to, redo the back of my boat and build a live well into the boat. We're going to infuse it with oxygen because when you get into those summer months, oxygen is a big deal. Those fish don't have oxygen. They die. And that King cat, you weigh in a dead fish, you're disqualified. And I think it's, you're disqualified for the season. If you bring a dead fish to the scales. Mm, Okay. So they take fish safety very, very
1: uh, seriously. And, and I mean, if your
2: fish don't swim away, when you put it back in the water, you're disqualified.
1: Wow. Damn. So you yeah. got to keep them things. I mean, fortunately, catfish are pretty tough.
2: Not in the summer. They're
1: almost like walleye. If it gets too little too, uh, you put them in hot water, they high. die. Yeah, I can see that.
2: Especially in big ones. You put a big 80 pound fish in the water in hot water. That's already stressed and he's dead. I mean, it's, you got to constantly. So the, the rule is for in my boat, if we got a big fish in every 30 minutes, Uh, You take out three buckets of water and you put three in every 30 minutes every 40 minutes if we got a fish over 50 pounds Or once I have my new live well built it'll get restarked every 30 minutes You got to get constantly flowing fresh water and then you got to have oxygen I'm gonna I'm gonna push oxygen in my box. You you just got to I mean, it's not it's not you kill a 70 pound fish That fish was 40 50 60 years old, you know, right. How's that fair to the fish?
1: Well, I mean going to go into the fair of the fish thing and you get some pita person be like it's not fair in the fist to jab them in the face with a sharp stick and hold them on the water while they're drowning in air yeah whatever
2: i was just trying to wash some fish out so i could eat it for dinner i (laughs) I was trying to get my shad cleaned out that's right that's right but you know what i mean like it's i'm happy they take the safety of the fish that serious because catfish we already have a giant problem around here with commercial fishermen taking the catfish out of the rivers and selling them to pay lakes mm-hmm. so if we're also hurting our own fish on top of river or on top of commercial fishermen taking them out of the river it's not i mean this is not a resource that's going to self populate if we kill them all it's, it's not oil it's not going to show up somewhere else if we kill them all so i'm happy to take fish uh, safety that serious Because I I don't, I want my kids to be able to enjoy catching seventy pound fish too.
1: Well, I mean, that's the good thing about those pay lakes is anybody can go there and have a good shot at catching a big fish. I'm totally. There's (laughs) nothing good about pay lakes. What is wrong with you? Totally gaslighting you right now. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: uh. Uh there i mean it's i have no problem listen i don't have problems with people who fish bay lakes i understand why they go and fish them. i have problems with dnrs that won't put regulations in place to protect the natural fisheries
1: correct That's, you know, i was gonna say the same to, thing
2: uh, if they want to stock their lakes with farm-raised catfish be my guest but if you're going to go take i mean there is no way at all the Minnesota DNR would let me come out there and set these big giant nets and take walleye and put them in a pond where they're going to die. No, they absolutely would have a hard not. attack.
1: Yeah, absolutely not.
2: They would. In Ohio and West Virginia, and Minnesota and Texas, they wouldn't let us do it to bass. They wouldn't let us do it to crappie. I mean we're not going to be able to go into. they're not going to let us go into to T. Cooper, set big giant nets, take 5,000 crappie out and go put them in a pond. They're not going to let me do it.
1: No, it's but, very it's very legal.
2: Very, I mean, going to prison illegal. But they'll let these guys go in the Missouri River and the Mississippi River and set these big giant hoop nets and take ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand pounds of catfish a day.
1: Do do they? Is it legal? Are they letting them? Or are these people just doing it on the sly, and not getting it, and not getting caught?
0: It's legal. There How? there are places. There are legal? Places,
2: there are places in the country there is no regulation on commercial catfishing.
1: Zero in
2: Ohio and Kentucky. Were that way, they they had, they had no regulation; they could do it. Kentucky just recently, like last week, finally put laws in place to protect catfish.
1: Hmm. There's, is... I mean, there's
2: guys. There's one guy here in Ohio, and I'm not going to name him because I don't want to be sued, uh, who is responsible for probably ninety percent of the catfish that were taken out of the Ohio River. I mean, and I'm not joking. He repeatedly. Was taking 10, 40,000 pounds out of the Ohio River,
1: and is he? What is he doing with those? Selling them to pay lakes. Okay. Damn. So you know
2: if he can go get twenty thousand pounds of catfish in two nights and turn around and sell it at five dollars a pound, he's made hundred grand.
1: Yeah. God dang! I need to move. I'm, I'm in the wrong business. Well, he's
2: also <laughs> probably been threatened that somebody. He's probably his <laughs> life has been threatened to more than anybody on the planet. And each one of those nets costs probably ten grand. And every time the the river fishermen find them, they cut them up.
1: Hmm. That's just so, nuts. That can't. It, that there's no way that's gonna last. Someone's gonna. There's got to be a law eventually. They've been They're doing
2: just... it. For, dude, he's been doing it. He has been doing it since the '90s. And and I, I. Somebody had told me the figure one time. He was bragging about how many hundred pound fish he'd taken out of the Ohio River. Those are record breaking fish in every single state that touches the Ohio River. Every single state, a hundred pound blue cat would break the record, and he he swears he's taken twenty or thirty of them. Those are sixty, seventy, eighty year old fish.
1: That's just nuts. There's, I mean, sure. There's a lot of things that used to happen back in the eighties and the nineties or whatever. But like the current, like conservation minded anglers and stuff like that, you would uh, that that there's no way that that's not going to get well taken it is, care of there's a group now there's there's a it's called the american catfish association
2: ACA bill dance heads it up
1: is they that, are
2: i thought that's what they are tinder was <laughs> that's what they are <laughs> pressing hard against commercial catfishing so there are groups and and obviously as river catfishing is getting more popular and getting moving i mean they're moving mountains every day man i mean it's crazy the stuff that's going on in commercial catfishing right now. or and and um tournament catfishing right now and obviously as our sport grows their sport is going to die because there's going to be more of us and less of them and we are going to attack them from every angle possible in the legal realm with odnr and and all the dnrs around the country until we literally just starve them out of fish that's that's literally what we're going to do
1: i mean feel free to you know raise your own like 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 you said i agree like i don't necessarily want pay lakes to be banned i think it's like okay whatever but Yeah, like, mass netting out of public waterways,
0: those aren't,
1: they are not your fish, buddy. Like, you can't, like, that's why we have game laws the way we do. Like, you're not supposed to profit off of game fish or wild game because they don't don't belong to any one person. They belong to all of us.
2: I can't go put a giant corn pile out inside of a fence, trank all the deer, and then put them on
1: my farm. Right exactly, but not. if you want to run a high fence operation and breed your own, knock yourself out. I don't
2: exactly,
1: I don't care that you do it. I don't even care that people want to do it. I mean, I understand the motivation, you know some people want to go kill a big buck and don't have the time to you know put in and sit in a stand and, for
0: hundreds and that's and how hundreds I'm always of saying. hours whatever you
2: do whatever you do on your own time as long as it doesn't affect. What I'm doing, my life, my family, or land that I hunt, land that I fish. As long as you're not doing it where I where I'm doing it, that's fine, right? But that's where commercial catfishing becomes a problem because they are, you know, They're, right. And they, and you do still find them on the Ohio River every now and then. I have never done it, but I hear stories of guys. They'll find them. They'll drag their their anchor through them ten times. They'll run their anchor one way, and when their anchor breaks breaks free, they'll come back. They'll throw it back over. They'll go the other way, and and good for them. I mean, it's, they. these people have ruined catfishing. I mean, it's, you can't, to go on the Ohio River today and catch a 60-pound fish anywhere from Indiana to Pittsburgh is, I mean, take a picture of it, save the memory, because it may never happen again. Because there might be only two in that pool, and you caught one of them.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, I agree. and I mean, I'm all for personal <laughs> liberty and individual freedoms and that, but when it crosses over into other people's, that's that's the line. That is Definitely the line right there, and yeah, those they're not yours. They're not. That's that's those that belongs to the public, belongs to every right. single taxpayer. And you're and you're hooping them up, and
2: and this dude's making. I mean, he's making millions.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's just crazy. Of, like I said, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> I think oh, I yeah, just I think I just changed my stance. <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> I'm gonna Make my nets out of Kevlar and. <laughs> be wrecking well, people's guy, boats.
2: The guy we're talking about, he now he's not in the Ohio River anymore. He hasn't been in the Ohio River in probably
1: a decade. He outfished he, it. He had to move on. A,
2: you're exactly right. He outfished it. He took all the big fish. You know, I, I tell you why he's doing the Missouri and Mississippi River now, because there's no fish left in the Ohio River. He took them all. Right. And something that rubbed me the wrong way the other day, I was talking to a guy who pay lakes. And again, I have no problem against people who pay Lake. They're just fishing. They don't know any different. But the he says oh well, they're not doing any harm there's still plenty of big fish to be caught and they're like no they're, you don't fish in rivers you don't understand there's not yeah if i want to drive to virginia i can catch the hell out of them you know why because they don't commercial they can't commercial net them out there and put them in pay lakes because that's brackish water so you take a fish out of brackish water and you throw it in fresh water it dies so yeah you're right if i want to go if there are plenty of big fish to catch in virginia I want to drive two hours to the Ohio River and catch them, but I can't because they're all gone.
1: <laughs> right. Well, be active, stay on your DNR, tell your lawmakers. I mean, that's that's these clubs that form. That's that's how it starts, you know?
2: Well, in West Virginia, I don't know when. I'd be lying if I gave you a date, but they outlawed commercial fishing a while ago, and, and like, they were heavy hitting on it. Like, if you have nets in our water, you're going down. So... They cut it off right away. West Virginia is the best cat fishery closest to me. You know, it's it's two and a half hours away to get down there. And, I mean, there are several 30, 40, 50-pound fish caught a year in West Virginia waters because nice.
1: of it. Oh, that ain't far. That ain't far at all.
2: Right. So that's that's where I go. I, I, I drive to West Virginia when I want to go catfishing. And they, I mean, the state record blue cat was broke like two or three times last year.
1: Dang. What's it at right now?
2: 63 pounds caught by a fellow that, I don't really, uh, you remember in 2018 when that guy accused me of stealing his deer in Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. That's the current state record blue catfish holder. Are
1: you serious? That's him. What are the chances of that?
2: So now if there was ever anybody that really, really, really wanted to take that from him, it is me for sure.
1: <laughs> I bet. And that's, but, that's the state. I mean, congrats
2: to him, right? I mean, it's he's in the right place at the right time. Congrats to him. But just know that I am fishing hard in West Virginia this year.
1: Let's see. I wanted to look up, uh, let's see, six days ago. Oh, six days ago. Well, see, this shouldn't even count. A South Carolina bow fisherman has been granted a world record after landing a nearly 85-pound blue catfish. You
2: shouldn't be allowed to shoot catfish.
1: Well, I'm not so much against that per se as that has to be like that can't be. That's got to be like a bow fishing record. You can't just put that in.
2: Well, US. yeah, that's not that's not the that's not the South Carolina state record blue
1: cat. Oh it's hell! South- the, do you know what the world record blue catfish is?
2: 143 pounds caught at in Kerr Lake at Bugs Island in North Carolina.
1: Dang. Well, yeah, 143 pounds. Good God.
2: And the second place, Blue Cat, 142 pounds. Caught at Kerr Lake, Bugs Island, North Carolina. Oh, my
1: lanta. Look at that ugly thing. That thing is just disgusting. Could
2: you imagine landing 143-pound fish by rod and
1: reel? the hell, dude? What is that thing? It's just a big jelly roll so gross. The all tackle, that awesome, all though? tackle flathead catfish. You know what that one went? All tackle flathead
2: catfish. Uh, was it
1: 103 pounds in Texas? 123 pounds in Elk City Reservoir, Kansas. Kansas. I think there's a 103 pounder in Texas. Dang.
2: Whooey. Does uh. 123 pounds fat head would fight like an elephant on the oh other side my. of that
1: boat.
2: Oh my. you would think you just hooked into a rhino that took off running in the opposite direction
1: good lord oh man that'd be fun <laughs> <laughs> all right dude I don't want to keep it too long I know you still got some stuff to do ready for this tournament um yeah we'll just have to do some regular check-ins I mean we can always do like a post uh, tournament you know, a quick one. I'll I'll include you in my uh, recaps and rants. We'll just throw it in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Do me a favor and uh, send me your logo. I'll put it on my jersey. I'm having it made next week. Oh I don't sweet. Have it Hell
1: yeah, dude. I'll do that.
2: Absolutely. So, and then we will. We'll do a. We can do a follow up at every signature series event. I'll send you the schedule It's the ones that have the check marks on them.
1: Right on. Yeah. Just hit me up and remind me, cause I won't. I'll have to put it in the calendar <laughs> when you get done. When uh when you're gonna or just let me know when you're gonna fish when you're going on your way to fish one, and then I'll know that I uh, need to um, figure something out to uh, get an update.
2: All right. And when I break a state record in West Virginia, we'll do one then too.
1: Hell yeah, dude. That'd be so dope. Uh, we'll let everybody know uh, how they can follow along with you and give you, might as well give all your sponsors a shout out.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you guys can find me on TikTok at Ohio river catfishing. I do live seminars on there all, uh Often as well as I give away secrets on how I catch these fish. Um, You can find me on Facebook at Corey Jeffers. And then uh, the guys that are riding pretty hard with me this year, SmackDown Catfishing is my headline sponsor. Uh, They sponsored me rod racks and um, rod holders. Uh, Brad Adams Farm sponsored my boat. Cass King sponsored my reels. Angler Innovation sponsors all my terminal tackle. Um, HD Exterior sponsored some entry fees. Um Lakeside Restoration sponsors some entry fees. Ohio Ridge Outdoors uh sponsors some entry fees and some hotel money uh as well as all my turkey calls, deer hunting calls and duck calls. Um Moody River Outdoors sponsors my jersey and some shirts. I think that's uh I think
1: that's everybody full yeah, scale a podcast with me. <laughs> I got your back. That's that's the best way I can. Uh, if I had more money, I'd support you financially. But this is, if I can, uh, just support you in this way and and give your uh and give the people that do sponsor you, another platform to get their name out there. Well, that's that's what I can do for you, and I'm uh you know that's what I do. Got yeah, to got to support buddies, man.
2: I want to do a podcast with you and uh, Trevor Justice from he does the. Podcast for the king cat tournament trail i told him i said i got the perfect guest we need to do a a three-way sponsorship with or a a podcast with i said because it would be great
1: do a sharecast that'd be great well give me a reason to come down there and just fish with you one of these days too well i mean you know that line's always open you just show up when you want to fish there you go i mean we'll get together we'll just have some uh, adult beverages and do an in-person podcast
2: your eye and try not to get a ticket this time <laughs>
1: well you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, yeah man. don't try to
1: get even with me i'm gonna have to do my own research and buy my license when i go there make sure you're be like yeah i'm not gonna tell him to get this one you need to get a catfish stamp and i'm not gonna tell him <laughs> and then i'm gonna call the dnr on him <laughs> yeah that's exactly what's gonna happen we're gonna catch a spoon.
2: It's the, it would be the spoon bill in the fishing world i'm gonna let you keep it then i'm gonna call dnr when you're on
1: your way home no it's gonna be we're gonna get that that West Virginia record but then it's not going to count because I won't have some stupid license that I was well, supposed to get but you said oh you don't need that here
2: because I'm an Ohio resident I don't have to have a West Virginia license but if you came from Minnesota you'd have to have Ohio and West Virginia oh, I man. wouldn't tell you I'd say hey don't worry about that West Virginia license you don't need
1: that yeah you don't need that you're fine <laughs> <laughs> see now you already give away your secrets So alright dude well uh, good luck uh, definitely let me know how you do I'll be following along all right, I'll share the live link with you tomorrow so you can watch the, the way in. Oh, hell yeah. Outstanding, dude. This is fun.
2: All right, we'll see you, man.
1: Good luck out there. Yeah, see ya. Bye. Bye.